What's your plan of attack to get there? Now, how are you going to measure that via KPIs? So each and every GM and leader across the organization followed that same format to document how they were going to achieve the transformation within their respective areas. Welcome to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look into the before and after some of the world's most effective transformation processes. I'm your host, Paul French. This year, most of our work environments look very different than they ever did before. Although remote work was starting to pick up traction through 2019, no one could have anticipated how important to manage our employees' health and safety and to immediately pivot to remote work as we did earlier this year. This week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Amy McGregor, VP of Employee Experience at Manulife. For over 15 years, she's been a champion of efficient employee experiences that deliver a consumer-grade experience to the Manulife team. I can't wait to ask her about how it's helped drive her and her team through the COVID pandemic. Amy, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Thanks so much, Paul. Happy to be here. So I'll start with the 800-pound elephant that's in the room. How prepared was your team and the overall employees at Manulife for what happened with COVID earlier this year? In terms of preparation, Manulife does have a business continuity planning activity we do have traditional business continuity disaster recovery plans. If there was, you know, a natural disaster or a technical failure or unrest causing safety impacts to our employees. And in most cases, in those instances, we'd have tabletop activities to plan out our response to those situations, never thinking that we would need to necessarily implement a disaster recovery for a global pandemic. Uh, luckily, though, we were in great shape in terms of being able to respond We uh, had already tested out a lot of our technology and access to our virtual private networks, our VPN, which is what we use for employees who are working remotely. And we were actually able to, within three days, mobilize our North America workforce to working remotely, which was quite impressive. That is impressive, especially impressive when you think about the number of people you have over different countries and regions and things like that. The absolute action of getting people connected over VPNs and and doing file sharing and things like that, that's actually my business. What about the absolute human side of it as time went on? Absolutely. Well, when it first hit, uh, my reaction, you know, of course, was thinking that the situation would be temporary and that we needed temporary protocols in place to support for maybe a few weeks or a few months. But then all of a sudden it became very real. So it was about how can we mobilize our team? to ready employees so they in turn could help our customers who are also looking to us for guidance on their benefits and their financials. So checking in with employees often and early during those days was paramount to our success. We had frequent and often communications through email, daily standups, and the beginnings of flushing out what we were calling our COVID microsite, which within a week became our hub for all pandemic communication and protocol information. We were really lucky that our investment in technology like VPN and Microsoft Teams were able to allow us to seamlessly transition for the most part to remote working. And my team as well, they were under the impression this was going to be a temporary situation and never thought it would last five plus months. But uh, everyone jumped in and we had daily COVID standups because information was changing so rapidly. And I was really impressed with my team and their ability to flex no matter what their role was. Uh, everyone jumped in and helped out for those first few weeks. And so what do you do to measure how you're, you know, the empathetic side of your employee relationships? Like, how are people really doing? Well, you know, we have done a number of creative things. 
So I've talked a bit about the Ask Me Anythings. We stood up daily COVID check-ins, but we also really supported our leaders and asking them to check in with their teams often. So often and early, it was easier because we did have all those mechanisms in place, but supporting that middle layer of leadership or leaders in general, and how do you now manage these teams remotely? Some of our leaders, especially our newer leaders, had never managed a remote team before. So part of that uh, coronavirus or COVID microsite that we built, there was a leader toolkit section, which provided resources and tips and tricks for leaders in managing their remote teams. We also provided a lot of wellness support and links to our uh, employee assistance programs, or we uh, also have a Ask HR team who was instrumental in helping employees navigate and leaders navigate through those early days. So certainly providing a lot of leadership support and communications and encouraging a regular check-in with employees, especially those who may be living alone or those who may be juggling different family situations like childcare or elder care, or perhaps even themselves caring for someone who's sick. Having those regular check-ins was instrumental. And so after 15 plus years of doing things like this, how do you think this is going to put an imprint on the, the long-term culture? Well, I think that Manulife as a company really took a leadership role. It was really incredible to watch. Things moved so quickly and we were able to pull together various supports for employees in record time. And I don't see those going away. So from an adaption perspective, a lot of focus was put on communications. I talked about the microsite that we published and that was dedicated to real-time information about what COVID is, protocols that have changed, uh, frequently asked questions, wellness and mental health resources and things like that. Talked about the daily stand-ups. I don't see those going away. One thing that we've heard employees say is that they're actually really valuing being able to see and hear from our senior leadership team. And what I'm noticing is that the more that we're having, the more transparent questions we're getting, the more people are comfortable asking questions of our senior leaders because we've made them so real. Um, we've done a lot of really fun things too. And uh, we had our leaders showcasing their different at-home setups and really making it fun and real for employees. And it, it makes those leaders just look a lot more approachable. I'd also say that We've been really creative with cocktail hours and, you know, fitness challenges and things like that. And, you know, at the extension of our support actually even goes beyond our direct employees. We held a Manulife camp for children for our Manulife employees to attend virtually. Kiwi co-boxes were sent to employee homes with arts and crafts and science experiments. Kids received t-shirts and we even had a virtual magic show with the famous magician Wayne Hoffman to close things off. Uh, we're now exploring possible after-school virtual support in the fall as well because of the success of that program. Uh, we've done other creative things too. Manny Life's Got Talent was a program that we put on where employees tried their hand at impressing their peers through various <laughs> talent. I love it. Yeah. So in short, everyone really took the change in stride. It was quite impressive. All right. So what was your talent before we go any further? <laughs> Watching the talent show. Watching. <laughs> <laughs> With my family. It was actually a lot of fun. <laughs> Somebody's got to do the critiquing, right? Somebody has to. Yeah, exactly. 
It's a fascinating thing because I've talked to a handful of people. We all went through this, right? It wasn't isolated to any particular geography or, or industry or group. And it seems that the companies that had good cultures to start are creating an even deeper relationship with their employees. And they're starting to actually draw out more empathetic connections and more deep communication with executives and team leads and things like that. And the companies that had bad cultures were really just trying to figure out how to get everybody on a Microsoft Teams meeting. And and that was, you know, as far as they really were going to go. Yeah, absolutely. I think you've hit the nail on the head. And, you know, our transformation at Manulife really began in 2018 when Roy, our new CEO, stepped into role as CEO. And he declared a bold ambition to be the most digital, customer-centric, global company in our industry. And we committed to a number of things, you know, improving our MPS score of 30 points, top quartile employee engagement, and delivering top quartile returns. And COVID hasn't changed our ambition. In fact, I've seen more resiliency and dedication to our employees and our customers in the last year persevering together. And our mission at Manulife is simple. Decisions made easier, lives made better. All employees across Manulife are guided by this mission and they know our values. They helped create them years ago. So they truly do resonate and have guided our decision-making as we transitioned into our remote work environment. And we've used our mission and our values as foundation in our communications to employees, in decision-making around COVID protocols, and to keep our employees and customers safe. And we really did have a solid foundation from which to use a jump-off point in managing this COVID transformation on our workforce. I actually want to go back to the 2018 kind of move to the digital transformation that happened at the business. But before we do, what was personally your biggest challenge over the course of the last five, six months? I definitely say just checking in with my team and ensuring that everyone's doing okay. I have a globally dispersed team. And so we have folks that work in Asia. We have folks in the U.S., in Canada. So making the time and the space to connect with them because things were quite busy. So we already had a full roster of projects and then took on a lot of the COVID readiness, as well as now shifting to return to office. So you can get pretty consumed and caught up in the day-to-day meetings and processes and projects. So it's finding and making the time to do those those face-to-face virtual connections, just those check-ins with the team to make sure everything's okay. So we implemented check-in Mondays. So every Monday we do have a check-in and we talk about everything COVID. And then we have bi-weekly lunches where we talk about nothing related to work, (laughs) just an opportunity to connect. And there might be a few cocktail hours in there, but um, it's really about making that personal connection with your employees. Yeah, offline, I need to get a better understanding about how you combine the fitness challenge and the cocktail challenge (laughs) into a single challenge. That would be, that's where my team would like to go. So going back, you mentioned, you know, new CEO, new set of challenges, new purpose, new mission, and that happens a lot. And it's easy to put that down on a piece of paper and try to get everybody rallied around it. But, you know, humans have their own perspective, right? Especially in big, huge companies across, you know, many, many time zones. How did you turn that vision into something that could be executed by your team? Yeah, absolutely. Well, Roy himself, first of all, is a very compelling leader. And the the teams across Manulife, you know, he earned that respect. He was formerly the head of Asia. So when he took over the CEO role, he already had developed some of that respect and, and admiration across the organization. The other thing I'd say is that the language that he used was plain language, something that the employees can get behind. It makes sense. Decisions made easier. Lives made better. In fact, rather than going into a boardroom and creating our values in isolation, 
we uh, engaged the employees in creating our values. So we had, you know, the typical corporate values previously of, you know, act with integrity and and other, but we really wanted to take a different approach and engaging employees in the development of our strategy, which included the values. So surveys went out, focus groups were held, the employees themselves created these values, and that's why they resonate so well with employees at Manulife. So he created kind of a coalition, a groundswell, if you will, around this and an alignment to our mission and our values and our strategic priorities. We also embedded the strategic priorities into everyone's goals. So everyone knows what they are and how they contribute to them. So that was quite important as well in driving the culture shift and the transformation that we're seeing. Every lead across Manulife was accountable to also documenting what is your point of departure, what is your point of arrival, and what's your plan of attack to get there. Now, how are you going to measure that via KPIs? So each and every GM and leader across the organization followed that same format to document how they were going to achieve the transformation within their respective areas. And even today, this was a few years ago, we track against those plans of attack. We track to ensure that we're making progress against them and we pivot where necessary. So even with COVID, none of that has slowed down and we're continuing to march forward. Was the instrumentation in place before that's happened or was there a kind of an underlying requirement to have to go figure out how to track all that stuff? So at the time, actually, I was in corporate strategy. So I had a bird's eye view to how all of this was playing out. And so we did have a central tool where we were tracking those plans of attack and the KPIs and would have regular check-ins with the leads against their progress so that we could have early indicators as to whether something was working or not, whether something needed to pivot. In terms of the instruments in place, we did need to stand up a number of different governance processes. So historically, you know, the individual functions or segments across the organization would tend to run their projects in isolation. And there wasn't really an overarching governance, if you will, surrounding how are those things coming together and how as a organization are we moving forward against our transformation? So that was where our transformation committee was born. And we actually implemented a transformation committee to oversee the activities um, of the different areas of the organization and tracking them against those plans of attack and KPIs. So Some of the new governance processes were born, they're still in place today, and it's providing us with that holistic view around where we're spending our money, how we're delivering value to our shareholders, and where we may need to pivot, pause, or perish on certain projects or initiatives. That's interesting. It's a fascinating approach because you see a lot of people who have a great vision, have a pretty good idea of how they want to manage to the KPIs, but the governance becomes a challenge because you have individual silos of people who all they have their different perspective about how they might want to achieve those. Having that transformation committee is a really interesting way to think about it. What are some of the lessons learned that over the last couple of years, both from being outside your current role and now being a part of it in the weeds, I guess maybe, what would you say people should take away from that? Definitely lessons learned around organization and communication. So when you want to make a change as large as having a central governance over project management and funding, which isn't something that's been in place before, the key really is communication and also highlighting, well, if we don't follow these processes, then what will happen? And ultimately, you're not going to get funding for your project. So 
It's really about taking the leaders that are accountable for these and walking them through the process and making it easy for them, explaining as well the context behind why we're doing what we're doing. And it all really does come down to our you know, bold ambition and our strategic priorities is driving value, accelerating growth, and ensuring that we're using our money wisely from a shareholder perspective. So really drawing and painting the picture of why we're doing what we're doing, having good operational and organizational controls in place, as well as communicating and over-communicating the process and why that process is in place. What have you seen from employees through this process around engagement, productivity, retention rate, things like that? Definitely a shared common mission and value. So what I'm seeing is that employees are really resonating with and rallying behind our mission and our bold ambition. They understand and can now draw alignment to the activities they're working on, how that aligns to one of our strategic priorities and the value that we're deriving from that. I'd also say over the last year, there have been projects that have fallen off the books or that have been started and stopped. And I think that's a testament to some of the central governance that we've had, where if something's not working, we do need to make a call and make a decision on pausing or pivoting from that, where in the past, I think it might have taken us a lot longer to get to that point. It's a fascinating approach. You find that more guidance and more communication tends to get better results, doesn't it? Always over communicate. Yeah, you can never, never over communicate. I have a 14-year-old son. I'm not sure that's actually true. Probably works better in work than it does at home. So so looking back now at, at kind of where you are going forward, what are your 2021 plans? What What is bouncing around in your head about things you'd like to really get to work on for your team? Absolutely. So 2021 will be all about how can we effectively return to the office? So we have high hopes that we will be able to mobilize and move employees back into office. And we're looking at doing that on a site-by-site basis across Canada, the U.S., and in fact, some of our countries in Asia are already back. So 2021 is big on returning to office. Also, we are looking at continuing the journey on digitizing the employee experience. We really want a consumer-grade employee experience that's simple and easy, and our focus areas are going to be on modernizing a lot of our employee tools. So, you know, every organization has a HRIS system, whether that's Workday or Success Factors or whatever that might be. So we're really looking hard at our tools and ensuring that we simplify them. So kind of going back to basics, less of a focus on customization and more of a focus on personalization. And what I mean by that is looking at employee journeys and the moments that matter across the employee journey and honing in on those that are the most important and ensuring that our processes make sense and that they're happening at the right time. They're served up depending on where an employee is within their journey, as well as just making it simple to access. We've talked a lot about curating employee and talent and learning journeys, and that's something that's going to be a big area of focus for us through 2021. How do we integrate all of those different points to craft kind of that path for employees as they embark on their journey at Manulife. So really exciting work around harmonizing a lot of our different platforms within HR, as well as leveraging our existing technologies like Microsoft Teams and really exhausting the capabilities of those technologies to get closer to the employee, to make their roles uh, and days and lives easier and simpler by leveraging that technology. 
but also continuing to listen to employees through our various listening posts to ensure that what we're doing makes sense and that we have an opportunity to pivot where necessary. The curated journeys is a really interesting thought. Talk a little bit about how you got to that point and what it, what it actually means. Like, what will you be doing in the process and how will it manifest itself? Well, today, an employee, you know, brand new employee coming in, you've got, you know, technology reaching out to you with your hardware and your assets. And then you've got, you know, you're setting up your IDs and getting access to different systems. And those different systems can be your email, your intranet site, your HR workday site, if you will. Then we've got all these disparate training sites and different systems. So we've got a central system for the compliance training But then for soft skills training, you may go to three or four different places and nothing's really hanging together in terms of understanding who you are as an employee, where you are at on your journey. Maybe you're a new employee that's just come to the company. Maybe you're a longer term employee moving into your first leadership role. So we want to take all of those disparate systems and actually create an experience for employees that's tied to their journey and where they are um, within their particular career or their role so that we can serve up at the right time different learning opportunities or different considerations, maybe mentorship opportunities um, that's applicable to them in their particular journey with Manulife. So looking at ways that we can integrate the technologies behind the scenes so that it looks like one experience for employees, one platform, Um, And it's really tailored and curated to them and their aspirations, their experience, and where they want to go within their career. Yeah, it always seems to me the most important question when you're talking to your people is, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and how do you put them on a path to do that? Well, it's a fascinating conversation. I'd love to spend about six more hours with you if I could. My last question is, is a really critical one. I always like to ask, when the day is over and you're you're settling down and there's 700 emails left to get to, you put a little music on. What is your musical choice? <laughs> it depends on the day, definitely. But I, I definitely love my Lana Del Rey. So it's always calming and relaxing and a beautiful way to cap off the day. There you go. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. It was some great, great insights for all of us. Great. Thank you so much, Paul. I really enjoyed talking to Amy, and she had some incredible insights to share. Here are our five takeaways. Number one, businesses are centered around serving their customers, but you can't do this if your employees are not set up for success. At Manulife, checking in with employees early was paramount to their success through the pandemic. It put them in a place to make sure they were providing their customers with the best service possible. Number two. Digitally transforming your business through COVID, for example, requires leveraging your company culture. Companies with strong cultures can use their mission and values to guide major changes. For Manulife, their mission and values provided the foundation to keep everyone safe, happy, and moving forward. Number three, effective transformation requires a personal connection. Don't get so lost in the day-to-day processes and forget to make time to really get to know your employees. At Manulife, Leadership got creative with virtual cocktail nights and lunch chats, fitness challenges, and weekly COVID check-ins. Number four, plain language is key to making progress. Keep your communication simple so you can keep everyone accountable and on board. It makes it much easier to embed your corporation's strategic values into individual goals. That way, every employee knows exactly how instrumental they are to staying on track. And five, The future of work will combine digital and in-person. Hone in on your employee journey, 
curate it to the individual. Think about how you can integrate learning opportunities to better craft a successful pathway for your team. Thanks for listening to Transform It Forward, the podcast that gives you an inside look at some of the world's most effective transformation processes. If you like this episode, please be sure to give us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm your host, Paul French, and I look forward to being with you next time.